My name is Shannon and I started in the fitness industry around 10 years ago, started as a personal trainer, um, got into bodybuilding and then within like the first two years of competing, I became British champion, won my professional pro card um, and then just gradually like transitioned out of the fitness and started helping people with disordered eating. So then I created the Inner Self Club, we grew a team and now we help people with disordered eating. That's incredible. Um, does that, this was a question I was going to ask like way later on, but does that working with people that have that issue give you like huge amounts of fulfillment, helping them like come through it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was working with people with fitness, it was kind of helping people get started. So obviously I'd, I'd been a beginner and I just wanted to pass back all the knowledge from the people that helped me get into the fitness industry. Yeah. I was helping people prep for shows in like the healthiest way possible. Then that just kind of wasn't fulfilling me anymore. I helped my first client who had disordered eating. Um, and then I was just like, Do you know what? this is my new thing. And I'm very yeah. much like all in. So I, I let go of fitness. And I went all in with that. Yeah, it was, yeah, felt like that was just a calling at the time. That's awesome. So was it that first client that kind of just gave you that, like as you had that first client with an eating disorder, it just kind of switched with you and you thought like, this is what I need to do. Yeah, it was a really strange transition because um, I had just gone through something at the time that affected my own mental health. Right. So I, I reached out for a therapist and it was really overwhelming for me because I was like, wow, I've never been for any personal struggles like that. Um, so then as she opened up to me at the same sort of time, I was like, do you know what? I think you should go and see my therapist. Um, yeah. I'll help you with the education in regards to nutrition, but go see him. So she did. And I just noticed that the combination of us both really worked. Yeah. And then we just grew the team. So then we had therapists on board. We had a clinical nutritionist. We have coaches who have an understanding. And it kind of works like that now. So, yeah. That's incredible. How did you, so going from that and starting out and then having this idea to build a business out like that, what problems did you face in kind of getting that team together? So many. <laughs> <laughs> so many. The, the intentions were so pure. Um, yeah. These people on a deeper level, but you're dealing with mental health it's it's an extremely sensitive subject um so finding to building a team that also had the real life experience was important for me to start with it sure. was like do you get it like do you understand what these people are experiencing so i wanted that but then finding them to be emotionally extremely stable because it's a lot of um emotion that they having to deal with on a daily basis yeah so then I realized, okay, as a leader, I need to actually make sure that these people are able to offload regularly, that they're supported emotionally. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, because we actually grew during the first lockdown and it grew so quickly because the yeah. first person that I helped just so happened to be an influencer and she had like 200,000 followers. Right. So, so I helped her for free and I was like, look, if, if I truly help you, just share the journey so that we can help yeah. more people. And she shared it and I, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the systems. I didn't have the team. And we got to the stage with the first like two months of us working together. We had a wait list of 2,400 people. Wow. That's yeah. insane. It, but it was so overwhelming to the point where I was getting emails, Instagram messages, like any way people could contact me, they was. They were going through like my boyfriend at the time, their partners were reaching out to him saying, please help my girlfriend. She's really struggling. Please try and get her a call. It was so overwhelming. Um, and I just didn't have the resources. I've got so many questions for you. <laughs> like, like I didn't realize that you did that to that extent. Like that's unbelievable. And so when, all right, let's 
get back to it. So <laughs> when you've got all these emails and everything coming in, like an abundance of business and you're in the position you're in, like, what did you do when you wake up to that or that gradually happens over a week and you suddenly have this huge explosion, but you don't yet have the systems in place to be able to sort, support that? Like, what was, what did that look like for you, that journey? How did you cope with it? It, it was crazy. It, like, honestly, it was the biggest, um, like, moment of growth in my life and the biggest challenges I ever faced. So yeah. just bec like, because I started this to want to help people, knowing that I actually was providing something that could help, but not able to help in the scale that I wanted to. So what was happening was like, I was able to keep going. Like I, just my personality, I'm high energy. I was, you know, running on limited hours sleep, going, going. And I sure. just expected my team to better do that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, why are you not up at 5 a.m.? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I just expected that from them because I didn't, I didn't know any of the better. And the sure. people I was hiring was like, my best mate from school, she was my PA. Yeah. <laughs> My therapist, who was my personal therapist, like you need to, he was also like a part-time builder at a time. I was right. like, look, you need to go full-time. You need to stop the building. Like we're going full-time. Wow. The girl who was um, the influencer, she also had a job at a reception, a gym. I was like, look, we need to go full-time. Just getting everyone. We, we need to be on, like on mission. And yeah. I just noticing that everyone was just slowly getting a bit burnt out. And it was coming from me because I was just getting, I was burnt out, but I just couldn't hire quick enough. I didn't sure. have the systems in place to pass forward to them. So nothing was being done efficiently. Um, it was just chaos, to be honest. So and you just became like super reactive to everything? To everything. Wow. Yeah. And I was also, so I had this business, but I didn't let go of the fitness business mm. at first. So I had three members of staff for the fitness coaching. And what was happening was I was marketing both on my personal account. Right. So then it was becoming conflict because I'm yeah. marketing fitness and transformations, but then also helping people with binge eating disorder. People who couldn't get onto the binge eating disorder program were just reaching out to go onto the fitness program. Right. So then I noticed another problem with, okay, how are we filtering this? So how did you overcome that? How did you differentiate it? We just was trying to get a stricter filtering process. Uh, everyone had to have a consultation call. We wouldn't let anybody sign up online. Right. Again, that takes a lot of manpower. Then what I was noticing was I was giving strict instructions. If somebody was experiencing this, we cannot work with them with fitness. Right. But my coaches were commissionized. So they were being paid for the clients they work with. Okay. So I, the fitness coaches were like accepting people. And it was just all, it was just getting messy. And also I, at the time, wasn't willing to let go of my clients. I was coaching. Right. Who were like on 12 week programs, wanting to renew with me. And I wouldn't let go of that to work on the business. So I was so focused in the business as well, back to back yeah. on the courses. It was, yeah. It was so did that, all, did that all just come to a head where you just one day just kind of pulled your hair out and you're just like, I can't, this is just too much. I need to sit down now and I need to figure out what I'm going to be doing moving forward. Yeah, because I had, so I had the fitness and then I created a subscription site. And then I had the um, high ticket eating sort of program that really helped like, in depth. Yeah. So there were like, three businesses that I was basically managing at this point. That's <laughs> it, it really got to, and I had 15 members of staff. I was like, it, it was just, it was just getting really overwhelming. And I just took a time. I let go of the fitness coaching. I let them take all the clients. I was just like, look, I'm closing this side down. I can't deal with it. Yeah. Focused on, um, it was called the mental wellness program at the time. Focused on that. I had someone in to help me manage it. 
And I was just kind of like, you know, you just look back and you think, if I if I knew what I knew now, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be in an incredible yep. place. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just I just done the best I could really, and then I just completely burnt out. My relationship broke down as a byproduct of me just obviously being 100% working. Yeah. And then I just um, had someone come in and manage the team. And I went and traveled for a bit and just cleared my head. Nice. <laughs> it's good that you kind of took that upon yourself to do it. I think a lot of people don't. And then it's it's ultimately like going away and doing that, I feel it's like almost one step backwards to then take the three steps forward. Because otherwise you just, you can only push so far and then you're just going to, implode it's just not possible to keep going at that pace that you're going and when you so when you made the decision to stop the fitness business how difficult was that or were you just like no no problem i'm going to stop it or because you'd had that attachment to it was that really difficult to let go of no to to be honest i knew what i i knew what i wanted to do at this point i was helping yeah. on a deeper level and like I was, I was seeing a client transformation physical transformation that the coaches had done and I got to a point where I was, I was finding it hard to actually be proud of it. Right. Because I was suddenly like, okay, but what did we do? How, yeah. how extreme was it? Did that person have balance? Are they actually happy? I didn't want to be celebrating the physical anymore because I wanted to know how they felt mentally. Yeah. I was getting conflict inside. So I was like, do you know what? I think I'm best to just, I felt like I was just putting on two different hats each, each day, having sure. two teams of different people. Um, it, it, weren't, it just didn't feel aligned at the time. And then going into COVID, do you think the timing of going into COVID that many people were just struggling even more so because of lockdown, because of all the restrictions that I know a lot of people that perhaps had mental health issues going into COVID, it was just exacerbated because of the whole situation people were thrown into. Do you think that that made people's eating disorders worse? Yeah, absolutely. Like food just filled a void in people's lives and it became yeah. a COVID mechanism to deal with like the lack of social interaction loneliness I would say most clients were like experiencing the same problems mm. they gone through something whether it's a breakup or they've just lost their job or they're under a lot of pressure in some sort of area they're living by themselves and they were using food as comfort in the evenings and it was just yeah. well they was eating something then they were getting guilt from it and then it was spiraling out of control into a full-out binge and and that was just happening then the next day they would restrict they would over-exercise because they had nothing else to do. Then the evening would come around and they'll be out of control again. So when you bring people on, you start working with them. What are some of the like things that you have to navigate in the beginning that are different to fitness? Like It's probably very hard to put something specific on it. But is there a certain way that you have to approach it or talk to them in order to fully understand? Whereas like fitness, you could just get someone to fill out a form. Yeah, I mean, lots of people think that it's a food problem. Mm. I have a lot of food, I need help with my food. It's so much deeper than that. Yeah. It's it's filling a void or there's a coping mechanism or it's a deep pattern that you've developed over time. And it's and like into that deeper reason is, is where the, the freedom will be. Do you find sort of similar to me that it's things in people's past that now kind of reoccur or behaviors that they've developed around it? Yeah, there's there's like common patterns that that we come up against. So one of them, for example, that that's common will be someone will, will have a tragedy that happens. Mm. Um, one that's really significant that I've heard multiple times on, on on client conversations is a client will have lost a parent or a loved loved one, um, or that you know yeah that they've lost somebody, and a moment that they were driving to hospital to see them or they were driving and feeling really really overly emotional. 
they stopped off and got loads of food. Right. They continued that drive, eating the food, and that food made them feel a little bit of comfort in that moment. It took away sure. some of the awful emotion that they were feeling. Later in life, every time they're feeling an emotion that's similar, that's really overwhelming, that's really negative, the first thing their mind does is, hey, I remember the time that we went and got food. That yeah. made us feel a little bit more better in that moment. So it's just a natural response from the from the body to try and find comfort in whatever situation we, we're in. Sure. So that and then, developed. And then inevitably that doesn't fill that void. So you continue to just eat, like hoping that the next thing you're going to put in your mouth might be the thing that gives you that satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's the awareness. It's okay. Mm. When you feel that urge, why am I feeling the urge? When did yeah. this person get formed? Is it actually serving me? And what is something that's more positive in this moment that I could do? And so do you, do you essentially try to, instead of like fix the habits, do you try and sort of like replace them with other things? Like you're saying there, like, is there something more positive you could do? Like if someone has that kind of compulsion almost to eat or they've developed that behavior, is it, do you try and give them like ways to overcome it through doing other good things? Yeah. And, and do you know what? Sometimes it's just sitting within it. Mm. Like in the evening, if you get that urge, it's, okay, what emotion am I feeling? Is it overwhelm? Is it exhaustion? Is, is it anxiety? Like, what is it that I'm feeling right now? And let's just try and identify it. Rather than us just completely avoiding it and, and going to find something just to distract us. Sure. And That's it's really just making clients feel okay that we don't always have, because sometimes if we're feeling down, or we're feeling a negative emotion, we feel bad within ourselves and we're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this. Let's, yeah. let's get away from it. But actually, let's just sit within it and identify it and, you know, lean into it and try and learn. And then sure. how can we prevent it from happening again? And Shannon, do you think that with like the, do you think social media compounds this for people? So when people see consistently body transformations or they see other people that are in the public eye or something, they just look insane. Do they, do you think that fuels people's, desire where they feel bad about themselves enough to like have an eating disorder yeah absolutely and as a fitness coach and as fitness coaches you're not aware of this you're just yeah. trying to people you just you just try you're changing their body but you feel like you are changing their life you're like i'm, I'm yeah. doing this thing the moment i realized because we had our clients on our other program saying oh well, i just seen sally's transformation i want that why am i not getting that mm. and then i'm like you know what this is actually harmful yeah. I'm not able to, to do the two. If I could have run both businesses, I, I would have. They were both very successful. But sure. the moment I knew one was actually negatively impacting the other, there was just that conflict. And I was like, I, it doesn't feel morally right at this point. Mm. So for all the coaches that are watching this now or going to be watching it when it goes out, what are some of the, because they might not be aware if their client has an eating disorder, if they don't have any experience in it. So what would be some like red flags that might stand out whereby they should then come and seek help from someone like you? I think if a client is saying that they're sticking to the plan, that week on week their body's not changing, and then their weight's going up, and they're just looking a little bit, puffy may not be the right word, but you can see they're holding water retention, their face may look a little bit swollen as well, yeah. it's very much likely that they have followed the plan that it's too extreme for them or it's not enough balance or incorporate enough foods that they enjoy that the moment that they're having that off-plan meal at the weekend, it's spiraling out of control because they're acting as if it's the last supper. Sure. So the next time they go to check in, they're being straight up when they say they followed the plan, but the way they've fallen overboard at the weekend is what's keeping them in that same spot. Yeah, that's super helpful. 
And on the the business side of things, so it really kind of kicking off for you at the beginning of COVID, like where is it now and where did you start from? So you had, did you say 15 people and then the therapist full-time, your friend is the PA and what's it grown to become? Yeah, so that's how it was. Um, I I took a breather and I went traveling and, and things were running, but I just needed to step out myself. Sure. I didn't just need to step out. I had done bodybuilding preps and just back to back for years. Then I had done the business and that had been super overwhelming. I think I just like, I just felt like I completely missed out on life at this point. Sure. It was a really weird position to be in. I was like, I feel grateful. Things are good, but I feel just, I felt a little bit empty inside. Yeah. I went traveling, things were going well. I came back and I just, just wanted to rebrand everything. So it's called the Mental Wellness Program, which I felt was quite of a negative name. Hmm. And it's now called the Inner Self Club because I want to heal people from within. That's nice. Um, yeah, the, the idea is just to be able to help people in, in other areas of life as well, to be able to build this brand out, to just be something that's more in, involved in personal development. Sure. Um, so, yeah, now we've actually the, – the best thing about what I've done now, I've scaled it, I scaled it back to start with. Unfortunately, like the way that I had set – well, the lack of expectations that I had set made it really hard for me to come back and try and work with the team that I had. Right. So I actually let go of the team. That was that was really, really difficult, but it was something that I needed to do. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I've now rehired a team, rebranded, changed the way that we've systemized things. Um, and I've actually worked my way out of the business now, which is something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm actually a highly sensitive person. So dealing with eating disorders all the time, I just felt was was quite heavy although it's really rewarding and I didn't sure. want to walk away from it altogether because it's helping so many people it was just something that I didn't want to be at the front line of yeah and fair enough this like I can imagine that if because you're not specifically doing that one thing you're having to manage this whole infrastructure change you're having to you're having this huge progression like you're, you're doing in a couple of years what takes some people like 10 years to achieve and then on top of that if you're very empathetic and you have strong feelings for everyone that you're working with and trying to help that must be just a huge like burden on you mentally to try and just cope with it all yeah yeah no sorry it's so cold in UK <laughs> 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 um yeah no it's just it was just a lot and now I'm so aware that the team needs support more mm. than our business like they're essentially you know during the lockdown I felt like I was at the front line yeah. <laughs> so it's now I understand what, what they have to go through and what they're experiencing, even on consultation calls. Yeah. You know, like the sales staff need support. They need to be able to speak with our in-house therapists and just debrief. It's sure. important. Because um, otherwise they're going to take it home. And the same thing will happen with my ex-boyfriend where I'm just offloading all the time and it will break yeah. down their personal life. So I'm just like, I'm trying to manage a team that's truly happy and fulfilled because they're doing great work, but mm. not the in their own health and they're not burning out because we have yeah, systems. Yeah. We just have foundations that we didn't have before. That's so refreshing to hear that you, that you did that and incredible because I think it's so important that two things you're doing. One is making sure that your team's okay and that you're giving them the support they need in order to do, well, to have a great life, but to do a better job as well. But also the fact that you've been there and done it all. So you understand your customers on a, on a granular level. Like, you know what their pains are, what their struggles are when you get on a call with them. Like you've been through all of that. So anytime your team have a question or they're going through something, you can really relate to that. And as a business, 
that's like the core foundation that because you all have the understanding together, like when you grow, you're all going to grow kind of being there for each other and understanding what it takes to actually do this and grow it as a business. Yeah. And I know what I'm looking for now with staff. Mm. Whereas before it was like, oh, they're a lovely person. Or, oh, they just lost yeah. their job. Come work with me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't have perspective on, like, my finance perspective wasn't great. So sure. it was like, how much do you need to live? Okay, yeah, I'll pay you that. No problem. Like, yeah. it was just so, I didn't get taught, taught any of this. So I just winged so much. Um, yeah. It just got me so far. But now everything is just, it's just, I strategize things. I have the time to actually plan because I'm not working on, the day-to-day clients um so yeah making before i thought yeah i need someone who's super caring super sensitive and just like me but actually i'm like no i need someone that can manage their emotions yeah a little bit harder but can still relate and understand sure and you so let's talk about in the beginning what kind of problems did you what were the main problems that you had that you wish knowing what you know now you could have gone back and done without I think I just overgave in every single aspect. Right. Overgave um, clients, the service. It was like, just give as much of yourself as you can. Yeah. <laughs> staff, it was like, I'm here for you 24-7. So having staff do a job, but I'm, more, I'm almost doing half the job anyway myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, dealing with clients, like any personal problems. Yeah, just, just call me. Okay, now they literally are calling me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like finances, overgiving, just just really not having boundaries, I think, or clear expectations, sure. and definitely systems. Like, obviously, I had now have your guys' app, which is absolutely going to be game changing because it's awesome. going to be able to systemize everything so clearly and allow us to scale more as well. But before it was like everything's on WhatsApp. Yeah. So, you know, the coaches, their personal life, they're trying to message their mom and, and a client's telling them they've just binged. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's difficult intrusive yeah so how so do you think that systems and processes and having all that stuff in place is super important for a coach at any level so whether they've got yeah for everyone like literally don't even take on a client before you know the process you're going to take them through the systems are in place because like you work so hard to create demand you Mm. work so hard don't get the demand without having the systems in place because you're not going to be able to even capitalize on your hard work like, honestly, it makes me actually feel a little bit sick to think of the amount of inquiries I just wasn't able to get back to. Yeah. Like, not just from a financial perspective, but the amount of people who we could have helped because I didn't have the foundations in place. i have been doing business, you know, more than five years up, up to that point. And I had mentors. Why, I just wish someone had just said, look, take a little minute to pause and let's create an infrastructure that's going to be solid. Sure. I think that's one of the most difficult things, like in hindsight, it's, I don't think, although everyone would love to have a business that just blows up very quickly, I think because generally for people, it's like a progression from, you go from like 10, 20, 30, 80 clients, 100, you get one person on to help you, then you build a few more, then you get another person on, and it's this slow progress. As you go through it, you learn that, oh, okay, I need to start putting processes in, and it's not a big deal if you if you just gained 20 or 30 clients. But if you suddenly go from however many you're on to 2,500 <laughs> inquiries, that's like, we're chucking you in at the deep end. You need to figure out how to swim. Yeah, literally, yeah. So, yeah, I think also just record record as much as you can. Mm. It's all training material for, for the next person that you can delegate to. Sure. 
That's really important. Recording processes, typing out how you've done it, um, like recording coaching calls as well. So people can just jump in and see straight away. And so what other things are you doing now? So now I'm mainly focusing on mentoring. Um, so I just feel like my business journey is just helping people who are all, who basically always just helping the old Shannon. Mm. <laughs> because I've invested into mentors over every year. And I just, if I had had the systems, honestly, it would have just been game changing. So now it's just taking a coach, helping coaches in the fitness industry, in the well-being place, and helping them be able to scale that have a quality of life. Sure. That there is like working hard and that's so important, but you, you can have a life as well if you're doing it smart. For sure. And which, what type of coaches are you working with? Is it people just starting out or people that are already scaling or is it just everyone? Literally everyone. Anyone who wants to take it to the next level. Um, people starting out is great because you can avoid so many mistakes. Hmm. You invest in someone that's, you know, where you want to be or X steps ahead you can literally just get the blueprint. Someone yeah. sort of started, it's like, okay, well, well, how can we take on more people, create an even better service that's actually taking less work from you and less demand? Sure. And what, with the, with people that come to you, what are generally the most common issues that you see? So if you had like 10 coaches come to you and say, Shannon, I need you to have a look at what I'm doing. I need you to help me grow. Is there a common thing that you notice across people where it's like, oh, most people aren't doing this the right way? Yeah, I would actually say their, their content strategy, the, the lack of strategy behind it. Okay. Um, and just just being your, your true authentic self, just putting yourself out there. And it's so much easier said than done. It's taken yeah. me years to even get to the point I am now and I'm still working on it. But just to think, do you know what? If it can help somebody and just one person, I'm going to put it out there. It's not about the likes. It's not about the comments or the, the claps. It's about one person seeing it and thinking, hey, this person can help. I'm going to reach out. Sure. That's a huge thing. And I think I've had a couple of friends before that have asked me to look at their social. And I often recognize that they're creating content for themselves instead yeah. of creating content for their ideal customer. So I say to them, literally, like, sit there with a pen and paper and write down who is the exact person that you want to work with and then create content for that person. And you won't get as many likes as if you're kind of showing your abs and flexing in the mirror. But the people that do like it are going to be the people that actually want to use your service and buy into what you do. Literally that, yeah. I think that's that's the hardest thing. Um, and just turning up unperfect. Yeah. So easy to make a picture perfect now. But who's yeah. actually going to resonate? You're almost making yourself um, unrelatable. So, yeah, people might like it and be inspired, but do they think you can actually help them because do you get it? If you're that perfect, are you going to understand? Yeah. That's why I think your journey is so like, interesting because of everything you've been through and you've had to overcome. For any coaches that are looking to go to that next level, they know that you've been there and that you've done it. And so you know what's required to go from where you were to where you are today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and how to um, keep your mental health in the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so one last question for you. If... Today or tomorrow, you woke up and Instagram's kicked you off and you have no emails or anything like that. What would you do tomorrow to get started again? Well, without any numbers or anything like that. So if I've got numbers, WhatsApp, 
Yeah, you've got your, like, whatever's in your phone, contact, telephone numbers. But other than that, no emails of existing clients or no Instagram, no Facebook, no social. You've just been kicked off every network. Yeah. So I would definitely go through all my all my numbers uh, for everyone that I've ever worked with. Well, first of all, I would create an offering. And I'd think, okay, what's probably majority of my contacts going to need right now? I'll take the time of the year into consideration, anything that's trending. And then I would reach out to anyone that I think is relative and, and send a personal voice note. That's awesome. Um, yeah, send a personal voice note based on something that is, is relative to that moment in the time. Then I think I would, I would go to a really busy gym. I'd probably sit down for a while and I would just try and have conversations with as many people as possible. I'll do that on a daily basis and I would just think to myself, the more conversations I can have, the more people I can meet, the more opportunity I can have. And then I'll just try and get numbers from them and, and just rebuild like that. But I'd go, I'd make sure every day I'm somewhere where there's a lot of people. So there's a lot of conversation, a lot of opportunity and just rebuild. Your like passion and enthusiasm for what you do, honestly, is second to none. Like what the other question I'm going to have to ask you is like, what, what drives you? Like, why do you do what you're doing? I don't know. I just don't, I did actually have an insurance job when I first ever, I left college. I think I was like disappointed in myself when I left college because I wanted to get a scholarship to America and play soccer. Right. Before that, I wanted to be an Olympian hurdler. Okay. <laughs> so, so by the time I dropped out of college within a few months, I felt like I had failed and I was right. really disappointed. And I went into an insurance job. I'd done really well in the insurance job. And then I was like, this isn't for me. Since then, it's like, I don't want to feel that 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 feel of failure ever again. Yeah. So I think that's just, just driven me since. You just want to be the best. Whatever you do, you want to just be the best at it. Yeah, it's like failure is not an option. There's always a way if I just don't stop. And there's always people to help. And as long as I can help people and provide value, I know I'm going to be successful. Yeah, that's wicked. It's been such a pleasure. Where can people find out more information about you? So my personal Instagram is probably the best, uh, which is Shannon, oh, Shanmac underscore mentor. Wicked. And I'll pop that in the video comments below for everyone as well. But thank you so much for your time, Shannon. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. It's been a pleasure.